This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Edutech Guys Radio, radio radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site of this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio, brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools, both located in Hope, Arkansas. I am David Henderson. And I'm Jeff Madlock. And uh, Greg is currently MIA, but uh, I, I assume he'll be here shortly. He will. It's the first week of school. So, you know, first week of school, a little hectic. He's my sysadmin, so he keeps himself quite busy. Yeah, lots, lots of stuff going on first week of school. Uh, we, uh, in retrospect, probably should have postponed this show. <laughs> you know, hey, we're going to roll with the punches and see what happens. Uh, but that's what makes it fun. It does. It does. You never know what's going to happen next. We have we we almost never never know. Um, however, what we do know is that today we're going to be talking with Ginger Lumen about project-based learning, how it's used in the classroom setting, but also uh, how she uses it in teacher professional development. Uh, and then, as always, we've got some uh, other uh, edutech topics, and we've got our artist of the week, which is going to be. Nick C, that is N-I-K-S-E-A, Nick C out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's going to be our featured artist of the week, and I'm sure we'll have a Google tip or something. Oh, you know we'll have a Google tip. <laughs> hey, you listen, you listen to radio.edutechguys.com. You can check us out right now at radio.edutechguys.com. That'll take you to Mixler. You can sign in if you want to. You can listen to the show and see how things are going. You can also catch us on the web at www.edutechguys.com. At the bottom, you'll find a comment. Fill it out. Let us know what you think of the show or anything you like, any topics you'd like us to cover. Also, catch us on Twitter, at EduTechGuys. Right now, we are on Periscope. Uh, we are live to the Periscope folks out there. Hey, how's it going? I can see there's, there's Ginger in the back. Oh, you, you can, can see, see her waving. There's Ginger. There hey. she is. She's live in the studio via That's virtual right. sky. Um, uh, so, yeah, check us out on Periscope. Um, just look up EduTechGuys. That's where we are there. Um, fun day today. Like David said, uh, a lot of schools are starting school this week. In Arkansas, we definitely have started school this week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you know, it's been, a, it's been an easy year for our school. We've had a really great opening. Uh, we've had a really great time. Schedules are great. 
Kids are great. Technology's great. <laughs> Man, you better find wood. some. I don't <laughs> know, some wood or a, I don't know, a magic wand or something. There's As some, Greg said, I'm going to jinx the whole thing if I don't watch you, out. You've got some Kool-Aid in your blood, my hey, friend. Hey, speak of the devil. Hey, uh-oh. Uh, there's Greg. He just walked into the Mr. studio. Mr. Greg Moore has joined us. He has entered the room. He has entered the building. Fashionably late. Fashion, well, fashionably is up for debate. <laughs> uh. Um, yeah, Bazinga. like David said, we're here okay. today. We've got Ginger Lumen on the program, and uh, we're going to talk about some other great stuff uh, later and the show, um, things that are happening around the world of tech. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter. If you have a question, hit us on Twitter. Uh, we'd like to answer your question. Um, we're also going to be this December. Yeah, this December. I, <laughs> throw it to Dave. Throwing yeah. it to me. I, I thought you were going to play my new promo thing. Um, this uh, this December, uh, the second through the fifth, we are going to be broadcasting live from the AESA conference in New Orleans, and um, that is going to be awesome. Um, we're going to be uh, talking with presenters. We'll be meeting up with attendees as they come by, and, and we snag them uh, off the carpet and. and Force them to sit in front of the microphone. And, and, and I thought about it. I'm going to bring my ukulele and make them sing jazz ukulele with me. <laughs> hey, whatever is going to get them over, right? <laughs> that uh, probably won't get them over. <laughs> <laughs> Steer clear of the guy with the ukulele, whatever you do. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, we are. We're going to be um, at the uh, Hyatt Regency where the conference is going on. And uh, definitely uh, appreciate the folks at AESA for giving us the opportunity to come to you live during their conference. Yeah, be we're very pretty cool. excited about yeah, that one. It'll be very cool. So uh, as school starts up, I hope everyone's having a wonderful school year already. Um, I noticed this summer that there was some great stuff going on in the workshops out there. You know, I, it seemed ISTE had a really good year. Mm-hmm. I followed them on Twitter. I didn't get to go, but I, get, I did get to follow them on Twitter. It looks like they had a really good year, and um, a lot of the local conferences had a really good year. I've, I've noticed of all the tweets that I follow, um, teachers seem to be having a – uh, they're embracing technology more, and they're getting the idea of PBL in the classroom using technology. How'd you like that? Throw that out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, here, here's here's the first rule: um, when you make a very cool segue, don't don't bring attention to it. Just <laughs> well, it no, 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 you totally got to do that. <laughs> hey, no, it's just me. I have to raise my hand. I know you phone. do. Put your hands up. Raise the roof, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Madlog. I tell you what, we have Ginger in the studio with us. If you're following us on Periscope, then you can see her on the screen. Um, and you can see Greg on the screen, and I try to stay out of as much as I possible. My red hair causes the camera to go crazy. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it. happens. Yeah, right? yeah, is that yeah. what it is? Totally what it is. We do get a little crazy. Um, we hope to see you, like I said, in yeah. uh, in December for the uh, service center workshops, service, educational service center workshops. Uh, we're also working on some other stuff. Uh, we might hope to be pr- doing a show from the JAMP conference in Minneapolis, uh, reaching out to those folks. If we don't do it with them. We'll still do one there. Right, so we'll be exactly. Coming to Minneapolis, uh, that would be October the fifteenth. We'll come live from Minneapolis, Minnesota, while we're yeah. there for the uh, actual Jamf conference. Gonna be cool. So um, I tell you what, let's let David introduce our guest, and we'll get right to the meat of the subject. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I first met Ginger online uh, on uh, <laughs> Plurk, which we've talked about before. Um, that that really that's where I that's the first social network that I kind of jumped into that was much more of a professional learning network than a just general social gathering. Um, now in those days, 
um, Ginger was with the, um, and I, I always forget the way the words are, but it's the, the Learning Center. Does that sound right? Is that right? The, it's a Turning Point Learning turning Center point, is what it was. Turning mm -hmm. Point. I always forget the TP. TPLC. I always forget the TP. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other conversation. No. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah, so that's how uh, we first connected, and then we've seen each other, you know, several times at different events. And In fact, are you going to be in New Orleans? I oh, am, AESA. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, we'll be there at AESA, and we'll have to get you to come over and, and uh, visit with us for a little bit. Yeah, when do we're you do karaoke? Because we'll get you to sing also. <laughs> I, I might have been known to do a little karaoke a couple of times, but uh, a ukulele, right up my alley, man. You play, awesome. I'll sing. <laughs> we will We will definitely will make up a song on PBL right on the spot. That's, that's right, that's right. Kevin Honeycutt loves that stuff, I understand. So he does. I'm trying yes. to get in his his mind thing. Well, and that's it. That's I guess maybe I'm asking more than telling, but um, isn't how isn't he the one who sort of helped you make that move from turning point to the stuff you're doing now? Yeah, he likes to think so. Oh, um, ah, I see. That's that's where I got that. That's okay. Uh, that's where I, that's where that came from. No, we've, we've he and I have been working together for the past ten years. Um, he actually was in on the interview of me coming in to work at Turning Point at that school. We'll, we can talk about that more if you want to. Um, and then, um, and actually, the school was run by ESDAC, which is our service center. You guys are in Arkansas, and uh, and we're in Central Kansas as a service center. Anyway, he was working there, and that's that's how I made that move over. That's cool. Yeah, very it's cool. more than just him, but he's yeah. Well, yeah, he's good. <laughs> Close partners for ten years, absolutely. That's cool. So, um, I guess the next question would be, PBL, bring us all up to date. Last week, Greg had to say, "What's PBL again?" It's, it's peanut so, butter and lettuce, right? Peanut butter and lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! At least peanut butter and lingonberry or something. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. funny. I, in Greg's defense, you know, he's my sysadmin, so a lot of folks don't know what project-based learning is. So I'm I'm going to let you give our listeners a little, you know, what for. Absolutely. Well, when I talk about PBL, um, to me it refers both to project, problem, and passion-based learning uh, because really they're all the same sort of thing. Uh, they just are different uh, variations of the same concept. And, and just in a nutshell, there are so many different ways in the world to do project-based learning right uh, that uh, there's really only one thing that they all have in common. And, and so this is something I encourage teachers. If you're trying to figure out if you're doing projects or truly doing project-based learning because they're not the same. Okay. Um, if, if you're, uh, and that's what a lot of people think, oh, I do project-based learning. We do projects all the time. I'm, oh, baby. Not really <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's okay. I thought the same thing when I was first there. Anyway, um, it's it's learning by doing is project based learning. See, uh, a lot of times in in schools when we're just doing projects, we we read a chapter or we read a, an article or we do a thing. Oh, uh oh, oh, we lost her. That's doing projects. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, are we still there? Uh, you okay. are. Uh, we we missed. We lost that last we little tidbit. We lost everything oh. after thing. Well, yeah. I said everything that was important right then. <laughs> of course. Welcome oh. to technology. <laughs> Maybe I'm talking with my hands too much. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> what I was saying. This is radio. That's great. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that uh, that if I if I'm reading a chapter or doing a, a or reading an article or, or watching a video or doing activities, and then I do something, I do a project that shows you what I learned. That's doing projects. Project-based learning is a little bit different in that the the kids are given a, a really tasty question or a challenge or a problem or or they come up with one of those, uh, and and in order to answer or solve that problem, they have to learn by doing it. And so one okay. is learning and then doing, and then project-based learning or pro project problem passion-based learning is learning by doing. That's it. That's cool. Oh, that's oh, yeah. Oh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> That makes it much easier for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we can just end the podcast right here. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Thanks for joining us. Okay. So, all right. So, uh, those of us that are still a little cloudy after that, um, <laughs> we need to do it in order to learn it. Is what we're what we're saying. Here. That's so. That's, so that's what's a, so? A... What's an example? Oh gosh. Well, what's, what's something a... that you've that you've worked with students or teachers? <laughs> you know, as they've as they've learned how to do something that they were trying to solve their problem or do this <laughs> sure. project. Sure, sure. Uh, we've, uh, we, we, I've, like I said, I've been working with Kevin Honeycutt with project-based learning in this for, for 10 years. Um, I got tapped on the shoulder uh, when I was teaching gifted kids in our district, and they said, hey, gee, uh, we think that uh, – we want to start a new school and we want it to be project-based learning. Can you do this? And I said, sure, I understand differentiated instruction. And they're like, no, not the same. And uh, <laughs> and I got two days of training with the Buck Institute and then got to start my own school, which is one-to-one -one laptop and project-based learning. Yeah. And that's what we did is we operated all classes, all age groups uh, with PBL. So when you ask me what, some, what are some things I've done, well, um, years worth. And, and so when I do, uh, to give kind of an encapsulation when I work with teachers now, figuring out how to do this with their kids, one of the first things I love to do is have them create a, a digital story that uh, would hook their kids into, oh my gosh, I can't wait until we start this next unit. And, uh, and so that's their challenge, is how are you going to hook your kids? And, and, and in doing, given the teachers that challenge, they get, to, uh, they get to figure out, well, gosh, how am I going to do this? What do I need to know? And where are we going to learn this? And, and they're experiencing project-based learning. But beyond that, the stuff that we've done with kids, Kevin and I have come up with uh, 64 uh, finite lessons. I say finite. That's really not the right term at all, because they're infinite lessons, um, where... Yeah, we're gonna blame uh, the storm. Like... Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I have a question. So mm -hmm. one of our big deals with what we're doing, Mixler.com, um, allows you to broadcast one-hour broadcasts as many one-hour broadcasts as you want uh, for free, and then it keeps those podcasts forever. So what mm -hmm. I've been pushing to a lot of the teachers, and David and I have been the guys that we've been pushing is. How about doing a broadcast with your classroom, you know, and incorporating, you know, uh, writing, and incorporating the script writing and the kids reading, and therefore, you know, once a week, a, a teacher could do a, a ten-minute audio broadcast for all the parents and grandparents and friends, where the kids are reading some of their creative writing and they're doing maybe some on-air skits and things like that. Not, not a bad PBL, right? Oh no, that's not a, that's not a bad one at all. I mean, they're getting a chance to learn technology. They're getting a, lear a chance to learn. Of course, they're reading, writing, speaking, listening, um, and and they have a real authentic audience. I really love that. 
absolutely. And, and that would work really well for someone who's a, in, a, in a tech world or who teaches reading and writing. Um, uh, yeah, I like that. I, I want, I want our, our, our PBLs to, to integrate into various content areas as much as possible. What happens, I find out, is that teachers see stuff and then they think, oh, that only works in that content area. Right, yes. Right. So one of the things that we do, uh, one of the projects where we have kids uh, create a colony on Mars or uh, create an underwater sea colony. And so then they can use as much tech with that as they want to or, and I've done this with Amish, and Amish school around here who, you know, they're not going to do a lot of tech. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, well, we laugh, but I actually have a picture of a girl in a bonnet using an iPad. So you That's know. really great. I have a question, actually, from our chat on the site. It says, um, ask Ginger how she, should, how she suggests we can help teachers move into the world of PBL. Yeah, I think, it's, uh, I think we have to help teachers understand that, um, you know, that 42-minute class period, um, <laughs> that, yeah. that's uh, with one subject at a time really isn't uh, cutting it for kids you know I, I try to think what's really engaging for kids and, and sometimes we have to ask teachers what's really engaging for you in in-services yeah right, right. so what, what isn't working for you and um, so what is working for you and how do we get that back into the classroom and a lot of it's about that voice and choice so how do we get teachers to move into that I, I can't it's a really a tough time I get the phone call you know, from administrators yeah, that says, sure. hey, Ginger, we have one day. Can you come shift our whole school? Yeah, I got that magic wand around here somewhere. Yes, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that comes with the job. But, yeah. That's right, right. It just it comes out of my hand like a, exactly. whatever, like Wolverine or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I got four of them. The anyway, so. Um, well, so how do we move them into it? I think I think we have to start just like we do with kids. Where are you right now? Do you understand, you know, higher order thinking skills? I know this sounds really stupid because people, you know, blooms or web depth of web's depth of knowledge. People say, yeah, 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 yeah. But I get hired to help teachers figure that out. And when I put rubber to road, they're always they're not exactly sure how to do it. They intellectually know how, but practicing it's rough. Sure, and then sure. the next step is differentiated instruction and curriculum. If you first of all know the difference between those, and then you know how to manage that sort of crazy classroom where kids are doing all sorts of different things, then the next logical step is project-based learning. I find that if you skip those, it can be done, but it's rough for some teachers mm, uh -huh. because the questions, they, they, again, they'll intellectually get, oh, okay, it's learning by doing, it's integration, I get it. But then push comes to shove and you're looking at the kids and they're looking at you, now what? Right. And that's where things start to fall down for them is that daily grind the next day the next day they're starting to get some project fatigue how do you uh how do you avoid the carrots and sticks that we were taught in college in pre-service schools and how do we now really want to continue to motivate the kids and and i think there's there's such a continuum you know some of the things like where i say the colony on mars the underwater sea colony some gurus in the PBL world look at me and they're like, oh, your stuff, it's not real PBL. It smells too much like school. It should be kids solving real world problems. And I totally agree. But if I start there, the teachers are like, but that has nothing to do with my curriculum. Right. And so I don't apologize for saying, yeah, our PBL really does help teachers who aren't sure come across that bridge. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny to me that they say those aren't real world projects because colonizing Mars is literally around the corner. That's right. an issue that is already being discussed. 
Um, you know, then we're talking about, uh, you know, the underwater colonies as well. You know, there are plenty of people who are still trying to figure out where are the other places on this planet that we can put human beings. Um, right. So I, I don't know, I find that very interesting that you have folks who are saying that's no. not a real world project. You I know, don't, you I know. think it's interesting <laughs> that you said that because I see what you're doing there. If you can just getting get them thinking in that mode, and, and that's the key, so that they can go, wait, this doesn't go with my curriculum. Aha! So let's pick something that does work with your curriculum, and let's use the same the same premise. I I, I get that whole idea, and I I wonder how many aha moments do you get to see in a year? Do you get a lot of aha moments where teachers go, oh wait, I get this, and then they run with it? What's your success rate? I guess that's what I'm asking. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. I'm just coming no, no straight out at all. and asking yeah. the hard questions. Gee, that, that's, a, that's a way to encourage Hold on, our Anderson guests Cooper just walked in the door. Come on, Anderson, ask your questions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, you know, we laugh about that, but honestly, uh, my my success rate, I think, when, when we do it over a four-day period, I found that uh, for, for me, and maybe it works better for other teachers, but when I have teachers for four days, um, their worlds change. And, and it's not four days back-to-back. We can't do that in school. So if I can have them two days back-to-back, and the first day they're frustrated, welcome to project-based learning. You know, yeah, you're going to be frustrated at first, and then we're going to continue to work through that. That second day they feel better. A month later we come back, and they've tried out some of the things that they thought that great is lead ladies crazy. But then they tried it out and thought, oh, this is working. Man, their ears are wide open, and they're ready to go. They're ready sure. to go after that third day. Yeah. Fourth day, they're just showing what they've learned, and by that time, they're already implementing it. And so it's just kind of a follow-up. Four days, I've got some pretty darn good success rate. The one day, I'll come in and do a dog and pony show and just frustrate your teachers, and, and some will get it and some won't. And, you know, I, I don't mean to lie, but uh, sure. that's, that's, no, that's, 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 that's what it is. Well, okay, so when you're talking about, especially not the dog and pony thing, but let's talk about the the – longitudinal training that you're doing how much um involvement do you find you or maybe the teachers need or or want or end up um what am i trying to say what i'm trying to say is when are the administrators involved in this or are they at all or or have you gone in to do a four-day training spread out and have met resistance from certain administrators going, yeah, I appreciate this, but really, I thought you were just going to do a dog and pony show. Oh, actually, no. They usually know what they're getting when they hire me, and if they don't, they learn real fast. But the truth <laughs> is, what, what happens is that uh, um, the only resistance that I ever get, and it's just for a moment, um, from administrators is when, when I'm starting to challenge them on things they've always done or things they've always trained. Oh, yeah. And and I'm just going to say this name out loud because I love him to pieces and he was just here the other day. Um, some of the... I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> some, Come on. <laughs> some of the really, really famous sort of instruction that we learn about classrooms, you know, the stuff that works, um, we... Um, <laughs> nice. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we, uh, you know, they say things like, you've got to have your objectives on the board. So when kids come in, they know what you're learning. Well, in a project-based learning, that's like saying, hi, kid, happy birthday, your present. Here it is. And it's this before they even open it. Right. 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 <laughs> and so when I go in and say, hey, and because teachers will ask, I love them. 
I love them with the teachers in my workshops, man, they're fearless. Cause I, I, I try to invoke that fearlessness. And by that second day, they say, you know, my administrator says we have to. And I was like, okay, so let's talk about this. And I'm trying not to indict anybody and try not to get anybody fired, least of all me. And, uh, and, and so we talk about it out loud and say, now, where does this matter? And why would we do this? And, and the truth is, I think that uh, your administrator hired me and, and uh, you know, they're making an investment. So I think sure. they're willing to listen to different things. So really, <clears throat> again, those people who've chosen to make a difference in their teachers' lives for administrators, there really isn't resistance. Yeah, that's great. And that makes sense. I mean, you know, they're not going to yeah. bring you in just out of the blue <laughs> to well, not do that. Right. Although I guess maybe. Sometimes I get hired to fill that day. Oh, and no, then, yeah, I can see or, that. We, or they we, didn't we, follow we the idea of, you know, it's four days yeah. back to back. Right. And so right. then there might be some resistance and some struggles there, but. Yeah. You know. So in your travels and in your, because you've been to a lot of schools, um, how many schools do you see that have a technology curriculum coordinator people, you know, to do, to help, to, to learn from you and then help? To me, I, I think of the instructional facilitators and the technology co curriculum coordinators can help build those first, you know, PBL projects. Help for maintain. Them. How, how many momentum. do you see out there? Are, are there a lot of schools doing that kind of thing yet? Um, there, um, <clears throat> in some states, mm -hmm. those numbers are increasing, and in some states, those numbers are decreasing. Mm -hmm. uh, depends on budget, and some you know we cut our fine arts, and then we cut our tech support, yeah. Um, yeah. and and so unfortunately, that's a problem. Uh, those those schools who continue to invest in in the one tech support person per school, depending of course on the size, but uh, they're the ones. I get my heads together with those those tech coordinators right away, those uh, integration specialists, and I say, hey, what is it you've taught, and what do you really need me to reinforce for you? Mm -hmm. uh, because I can use any of those. And and so if we can get our heads together ahead of time or even on site, then <clears throat> I'm reinforcing them, they're reinforcing me, and, and they're, in a, they're in a role to win. Those districts where those teachers are in the training with me, they, their teachers are well-supported after I leave. Because, you know, even if I'm there four days, again, that magic wand only goes so far. Right. Um, and so it's nice to have people. Uh, so if you if you can get your tech instruction, if you can get your curriculum uh, coaches in there, uh, really makes a big difference. And, and we may actually wrestle a little bit because, again, curriculum coaches have taught some things that, you know, they were told to teach that are good in a traditional classroom. But a PBL classroom is not a traditional classroom. Right. You know, it's PBL is not just a strategy. It's a way of thinking about teaching and learning that's that really changes the game. So that stuff that just gave me the research on. Yeah. Where was that research conducted? Was it conducted in a PBL classroom? Because if it wasn't, I'm not right. sure it's valid in this conversation anymore. I'm not saying it's sure. bad. Yeah. I'm just saying it's maybe not valid here. Yeah. Right. You know, right. you know I have to agree. I was uh, I want to throw out real quick, though, um, John from the chat said, how often do they not realize what a gym they've hired when they call Ginger in? Just wanted to let you know that. Uh, you, got a lot, you got a lot of fans out there. Um, uh, what's interesting is for us, uh, I was a band director for 14 years. So project-based learning is what I did. Whether it was jazz band or marching band was definitely project-based <laughs> See my vision. You know, so it was one of those things. I think that's what makes... Getting teachers into that arena—that's really hard. You're right. Forty minutes, six-hour workshop—it's—it's it's really hard to do. And I think the rural school districts have a hard time affording 
that curriculum person or that technology curriculum person. I've been pushing the idea of a technology curriculum person because we have so many young educators coming out who are so hot on technology. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they can put on a show and get everybody real excited. And I think that's the, the big key. Um, that's why I asked that question. And how many, how many people do you see getting back into the classroom lately as teachers? Do you see a lot of, of people, you know, getting back in? Because you're out there in, in the world. And are they coming back in with real-world experience and getting the whole PBL thing better than some other folks? You know, when I first started PBL, I was a, a snot-nosed, wet-behind-the-ears, know-it-all sort of teacher. And, uh, you know, those reti- those teachers close to retiring, you know, just get on that train. Yeah. Until I started talking to them, and I thought, oh, my gosh, they've been teaching this way, and no child came in and killed us. And and some of those retired teachers are the ones who totally get it. Yeah. And, and I grew up real fast and started maybe reaching out to some of those retired teachers or almost to retired teachers. And then, you know, I love that you say that new teachers coming in are really hot with tech, but that's if they had a really great tech program and some, some do and some don't, I hate to right, say that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah. Well, but even, and, and you were talking about the rural schools. So I, I can only be there for a little bit. That's what I love about you and me and what about our jobs is that we can create communities. I mean, rural schools, I grew up in rural schools for the most part, uh, very small. Uh, we'll just talk about the hills of the Ozarks in Missouri. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right up the road. Yeah. Been 12 there. miles outside of a town had 92 people in it. Come on now. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so, um, that, that sort of thing, our jobs is we can create communities. Now, if they'll invest their time in those communities, maybe the curriculum coaches, while it's better to have them, if you can't afford them, then that next step of those communities is so important. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's what, that's one of the things, you know, and I I have not been on Plark in quite a while, but, um, you know, that was one of those things that I enjoyed about it when it first started up. Now, granted, essentially what I've done is shift my community on into different platforms, Um, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, other areas. And that has, and that really does, it makes a world of difference. Even when I don't have a clue what I'm talking about or I'm not quite sure that what I'm saying is accurate or the way to go, I can throw it out there and, you know, the community is either supportive of it or corrective um, to varying degrees. (laughs) (laughs) I am me after all. Um, And so, uh, but, um, but I, I absolutely agree with having those communities. And I think even if you've got a curriculum integration, um, technology integration person, then at the, at the minimum, that person needs to be part of a community. Best case scenario, that person helps create the community or at least bring in other folks into the communities that they are a part of. Um, I know, I know we're tech folks, right? So, so we love, we love talking tech stuff. Um, but I have also seen the um, progress and results of many of the training sessions that you've had with teachers, with students, you know, because you guys are posting stuff online all the time about, you know, this is what these kids are doing. This is, this is what they've developed. This is, these are some of the, the projects they've taken part of. And I can't tell you how many of those you probably could tell me because you're the creator of them, but very, at least from my vantage point, outside looking in, very few of them actually use much what we would consider tech at all. 
And well, go ahead. There's there's an intention with that. Um, a lot of times when I go into schools, if I'm called in to do PBL, it's probably because they're not already connected, and so tech isn't comfort to to them. And so I've got to choose which. Which hole I'm going to throw them down first, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and so I try to do little pieces of it together. I don't want ever, ever. I don't want tech to be an extra, and and I want it to be. Uh, I want it to be just what we do, and and so uh, tech is involved in every single thing we do. It's just you don't always see it in the pictures, mm-hmm. because I mean, talk to me about okay. I take a picture of you working on that laptop. All the pictures are this. <laughs> you right, know, right, we were just right, sitting on right, a laptop, yeah. and that's Woo-hoo. that's not exciting. Right. Um, <laughs> even though it may be really exciting in the brain and in the heart, and the as we're diving into the tech piece, but um, I, I don't want it to be scary. Uh, and everything, I always it's one of my mantras is tech takes us further, faster, deeper. Uh, I mean, if you're if you can't teach without tech, you're probably not a very good teacher. But if you do. It takes you further, faster, deeper. Let's do it. We have to. Sure. And uh, so it's integrated in everything I do. I can't live without. When I (laughs) transferred over to this new computer, I still have my old one because of what if I lost something? What if something? (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm walking around with two iPads, two computers. You kidding me? (laughs) We've all been there. And never mind that it's all on the cloud. We're old school enough. We got to have that tangible, you know, thing in our hands. (laughs) I have another question here from Eric on a chat. He says, "Ask Ginger." if she thinks that colleges should concentrate on tech integration on a college level or at least do IWB, I think that's interactive whiteboard if I'm not mistaken, IWB classroom usage as a mandatory course. Wow. I know, see, that's one, even I'm like, "Mm." Well, I kind of have some strong opinions about interactive whiteboards. So do I. I think we all do. Do, do. Do we need to take a break, Dith? <laughs> no, nope, I've, I've been asked this so many times, I can, I can navigate this minefield. Okay. Um, I love interactive whiteboards uh, for what they're originally used for. The fact that every administrator got all hot about them and bought them for everybody and then didn't give them professional learning, that's not the teacher's fault. Um, But it is still front-of-the-room technology, and project-based learning is not about front-of-the-room learning anymore. And so I don't really want to talk about interactive whiteboards unless that's the only device you have. And if it is, gosh almighty, get on it. Well, I tell you what we Um, did last year. We moved to all Apple TVs. Yeah, got rid of all the whiteboards. Just for the idea of let's make a projection device that anybody can project. Anybody can project it. All of our kids are one-to-one iPads. So, hey, kid wants to show something, boom, it's up there on the screen. Yeah, if you can't go one-to-one, which if you didn't invest in the whiteboards, you might be able to. But no. um, <laughs> ouch! If I go two to one, if you did, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Which is still better than two on the whiteboard and the rest still just watching, you know. No, I meant okay, two so. devices for every child. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's not like that. <laughs> but either way, either way, moving moving forward into the first part of the question was different though. Uh, what should we do right. with the colleges? Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, you know, this is where I live, and I guess I'm a hammer looking at every problem like a nail. Uh, but I truly, truly believe that if colleges would go more to the project problem passion-based learning, that it would be about learning. And then technology is not the extra add-on. It just is what we use. And and when first start people start moving, I, I you know, I see this happen with pre-service teachers, believe it or not, I work... 
a little bit with uh, pre-service. They don't always let me get too close to them. I get into the pre-service uh, professors, but they don't let me do the kids. But anyway, uh, <laughs> is that um, that if we can, I, I guess it's, the tech is what it is. It's just what we're using. Um, and we're going to collaborate and we're going to communicate and we're going to, it's, it's the learning that goes with it that is engendered by the tech. Don't talk to me about the tech right. unless you just only know one tool for this behavior. Right. Okay. So if you only know one tool, cool. Let's, let's, let's quit, get in a hurry and know 20 tools for that behavior. Cause that one, that one tool is going to go away or change. Right. Um, but it's still about the behavior, the learning, the thing that we're doing. Yeah, the, the technology is just a tool. If you're focused on the tool, you lose track of what you're actually using it for. Unless, of course, you're wanting to teach the tool. Exactly. So then teach the tool. Teach right. it the whole variety of tools and put tools in the toolbox so that kids can then choose as they're moving on to solve their own problems. Right. Okay, this is the tool I like. Here we go. We're on that one. So, yeah, sometimes you do have to teach the tool, and that's totally, let's do it. Yeah, but metric always confuses me. No, I'm just kidding. No. So, no, you know, it's interesting. We had this conversation yesterday. We were talking about uh, Google Apps for Education and Office. And as I was, we were, it was an email conversation on a thread. And I realized that, and a lot of them said, well, when the kids go to college, they need to know Office. And I thought, you know, the only reason Office is still pushed at the collegiate level is because we're not pushing them to prep our kids for the future after post-secondary. And and so it's it's our job as secondary education, well, K-12, to push, hey, let me just come to school. You want me to write a paper? I'm going to write a paper. Don't ask me how. I'm just going to get you the paper. This is, this is bold. This is italic. This is a paragraph. It's all the same no matter what you're using. Right. Yep. And I, but by the same token, I think part of the problem is that we still have – folks who that's how they expect the results to be submitted right you're going to write this paper yeah but i don't want to write a paper i want to build this or i want to make this or i'm going to make a video you know um one of the frankly one of the coolest things i, I that i have seen is uh, there's a, a teacher over in fort smith um who she opened up her classroom uh, she was you know she had the the traditional you're going to type in a pay you know you're going to type up a paper and you're going to make a powerpoint and, and then she kind of opened up a little bit and said well okay instead of just powerpoint you could oh maybe you could use prezi or you could use something else and and finally she just opened it up and said look if you can demonstrate that you know the content i don't care how you do it and she had a student who he has laid down some of the coolest literary based is that the right is that how I say it? literature based I don't know how you want to say that raps I have ever heard <laughs> it is awesome. amazing and and he everything's in there and he explains you know the 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 theme and the plot and the characters and everything is in there he is demonstrating his knowledge he just did it as a as a you know three and a half four minute rap and it's just like holy cow and she said it was the best thing she ever did, was just let it, let you know, open right. it up to where she got away from that. You've got to type a paper, and you've got to use Word and right. you know whatever else. So plus, plus that avoids the. Uh, I know that in college that uh, we've all been to college, so we've all written papers, and we go, okay, I'm just going to BS my way through this paper, and you know because the teacher's busy and they don't want to really, you know, okay, is this really a paper? Is this just you know, right, taking me for a ride? Yeah. It's way too easy to BS on papers. It's a, it's, if you're actually doing something that isn't a paper and you've actually got to demonstrate that you know the content in some way that isn't locked into all the buzzwords of, okay, I have the proper paragraph structure yes, and uh, I yes. have my cited resources and all that sort of nonsense, it's much harder to fake out the teacher. 
I've so two, a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So two two things with that. Um, one is I, I talk to career tech ed people quite a bit. That's yeah. a that's a big focus of mine because I really want kids to be prepared for their futures, uh, and and so. One of the things I hear from them is they continually tell me about Microsoft Office as the industry standard. And, and so in other words, they're talking to business people and I thought, well, why do business people know this? And it reminds me of that um, Henry Ford quote that said, if I would asked my customer what they wanted, yeah. they'd have said a faster horse. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. So if we know now, so then that leads to the second part, and I love what you talked about this teacher, that, that awakening there. And, and so my challenge would be now for that, that type of teacher is, okay, good, now you're, now you're differentiating the product. Now, what is it that they're learning from that could be differentiated to, or, or did you just give them the challenge of here's what you're learning, learn it however you want and show me what you learned. So then, so then that's gotcha. maybe PBL, Okay. you know. Okay. Oh, sorry. Man, that's no, that's, that's, yeah. I, I'm reading chats here. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I have a question. Um, so project-based learning is not traditional in your way of, okay, you have a, a right answer necessarily. I mean, yes, you have to demonstrate that you know the content, but it's much more difficult to grade. Um, how do you approach that? I mean, how do you actually, do you give grades? Uh, how, how do you approach the grading aspect? Uh, me as a teacher, or what do I advise teachers? Because that's one. two different things. <laughs> oh, that's interesting in itself, well, right there. Tell yes. us what you advise, and then what you do. Right. There you go. Um, one of the first things I, I advise teachers is um, I, I tell them a story, and I'm going to tell you the story briefly here. When I first started into project-based learning, I needed to make sure that they learned exactly what I needed them to learn, and I wasn't sure they were learning it through the projects. And so I would go ahead and give a test. Uh, and, and one example of this was um, we were doing a uh, – they were learning the bones. Uh, this is 5th, uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Learning uh, anatomy, bones, I don't know how many were there, 843, I don't know. And so I gave him the list of bones, and I gave him that, uh, you know, that ubiquitous skeleton that has the lines coming yeah, off where you right, label yes. them, right? Everybody's used that one. Uh, and I said, okay, you have this. It's a two-week-long project we're going to take to build this four-foot-tall skeleton. Nice. Why four-foot-tall? Because nobody in the school was four-foot-tall, and so therefore it was scaled. They had to do math, too. Okay, so, ah. but any time during this two-week period, feel free to come take this test. You must have the test taken. By the end, I need to make sure you really know the bones beyond just building the skeleton. And uh, three days into this two-week-long project, everybody had passed the test. Oh, nice. Oh, crap. Wow. Now what? Yeah, right. <laughs> now i got to build another test. Darn we're, well. we're still building the skeleton, and I'm not ready for the next project. And oh my gosh, well, they're still having fun. We get down uh, maybe two days left in uh, finishing up the project, and I hear him say things. Well, how is that scapula attached? It's not really. It must be with the like ligaments, and, and they're really starting to talk about the bones, and they have to use. I don't let them say leg bone or things like that. <laughs> and, and and toward the end, I, I when we got finished, I said, guys, we really we should have knocked this off three days in. Um, because you already knew the bones and they all laughed at me and they said, we didn't know the bones. We just passed the test. We know them now. Ah. And I know, I know that's true because that's what I used to do is just pass the test and oh, forget yeah. it 10 minutes later. Sure. And at that point I realized I didn't need to give those multiple choice tests anymore. Mm -hmm. But for teachers who aren't sure, everybody's going to have their moment. And again, I'm not going to apologize for you know, the PBL gurus in the world is like, Oh, she's not doing real PBL. Shh. 
be glad I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to those teachers who are not sure about taking the leap. Give them a dadgum test so that you know for sure, and eventually your day will come when you don't need to as well. So you can give ta- you can give grades that way. But once you get into PBL deeper, this is where I start to push. Or, is um, that percent correct? What does that really measure? Is it measuring content knowledge or is it measuring something else like maybe behavior? Because right. if a kid turned in something late, did you dock them on grade? Okay, so it's really not about how much they know or don't know. It really is right. about behavior too. Sure. I want to separate out. And this is what we did at our school. And oh gosh, I hate grades and I really hated grades then. But it was, <laughs> it was really important for the parents to see really what their kids are doing. So we would, we would assess the kids uh, and give them feedback on are they working at, above, or below grade level? What are they ready for? Are they, at, are they working at, above, or below pacing? Expected pacing. So if they're working above grade level, below pacing, they should get their butts kicked at home, <laughs> even if they're getting that percent correct at like an, in the 93%, you know? Right. And, and then we need to measure, are they, um, how are they working in a group? How are they working individual? And so those five pieces give a, a parent a real view of how the kid is doing in the classroom beyond just the percent correct, which is right. really about behavior or content, or I'm not sure. Right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> and it would always confuse parents. They'd be like, what in the world when they're new to the school? What is this? And I'm like, well, come on in. Let's have a conversation. Right. Yeah. And so they did. So yeah. something else you brought up there was, was pacing. How, how do you approach pacing where, okay, uh, we threw the project at him. I thought it was going to take a month. It took two days. Now what do I do? <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's that real thing there. To me, if, if that happens for your whole, uh, your whole classroom, then you've got to reassess what your challenge was and, and who your kids are. Because my PBL was never so. In, in fact, I would struggle not giving them enough time. Wow. Um, and so that's rarely an issue because they just go deeper. Right. And so when, when they have a question, the challenge, uh, and then they say, well, what do, what, do we, what do we need to find out? Well, there are side questions that I, I walk around the room and as they're doing initial research and I'm like, okay, well, what about, so, so say they're building, uh, one of the things we talk about a lot is a, a Viking ship. We build a one-fifth scale model Viking ship. And um, that's your challenge. So now I need, I don't give a crap about the Viking ship. This is not an arts and crafts project. I care. <laughs> but the kids care about it, right? right. And so I, I, I go through and I'm like, well, where did they travel? Well, what did they wear? And, and I, pillage and plunder? What does that mean? Oh, you mean that, oh, what, what was the weaponry that they would have had? And so I'm asking particular kids these types of questions. Now, I'm not asking every kid every question because if I know the girl's interested in fashion, she's going to tell me about what they wore. Mm-hmm. And if a kid's, you know, interested in wars and weaponry, that's that kid. Right. I'm going to ask that. And they're diving in, getting the initial research. And, um, uh, and so those questions like that, where I can take them further, those never end. Hmm. There's, there's never, uh, what are you gonna run out of learning on Vikings? Then I need to get in a hurry when I go home. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> look deeper, there's no running out of learning. No. That's, wow, very cool. Indeed. Well, so what's coming up next for Ginger Lumen? What's on the, oh. what's on the calendar? Where can everyone that's listening find you? Oh my gosh, what an awesome question. Because I just got finished with a crazy summer schedule. Um, people would ask me, where do you live? And I'm like, well, my husband, my dog, and my stuff live in Hutchinson, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I visit it every once in a while. Oh. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm, uh, I think I've got some dates coming up. I'll be going in, I'll be in Wisconsin. I'll be in some Pennsylvania area. I know I'm going back into Oklahoma. My, my, my passion has, and 
fund my foundation really has been project and problem-based learning, but I've been taking that to the next level with maker education lately. Oh, and yeah. so again, like I did with PBL with Kevin is making that bridge from regular traditional classroom into pure PBL, but, but not apologizing for making a bridge. That's what I'm doing <laughs> between STEM and maker ed and we call it steam maker. Cool. And it's that and right in the middle of the conversation. Of course. We have a little glitch again. with uh, Skype, and I'm not sure if it's our end or that end. Um, <laughs> I, I think we actually this lost is, her. This is the part where we shake yep. our fist at the sky and curse yeah. Microsoft. Hey, well, you're listening uh, to radio.edutechguys.com. We're coming to you live from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op in Hope, Arkansas. Hey, she's back. Sorry we lost you on the Skype. We are That's having okay. thunderstorms in this area, so it is uh, it is Arkansas and it is rural Arkansas. Oh, so uh, we aren't. <laughs> yeah, um, she was just telling us. I had just asked Ginger um, what she had for the rest of the year and where she was coming from and all that kind of good stuff. And we'll try to get our camera back on and see if she can see us. There can see we us? go. Can we hear you? Yes. Oh, I yes. just figured my answer would become tiresome. No. no, no <laughs> and that's no, all the time we have. We'll just cut yes. her off right there. <laughs> no, that's enough. No, so um, I, I have to ask a quick favor. I'm not trying to run you off, uh, but uh, so December, David and I, will, Greg will be holding me on the fort here. We'll sure be at the AESA conference. Um, can we count on you coming by and sharing some more stuff with us? Oh, 100% I will be there. Cool. Awesome. We're going to have a party, so it's going to be a lot of fun yeah. on the air. Yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. Um, uh, I also want to throw out your website, uh, gingerlumen.wordpress.com. Sure. Is that correct? Yeah. Gingerlumen.org will get you there, too. Gingerlumen.org will get you there. Okay. <laughs> so uh, all you have to do is Google her. So there you go. Just Google Gingerlumen. Awesome. PBL. Well, we sure appreciate you coming by and uh, hanging out with us this afternoon. Uh, we I have learned a lot about PBL. So mm. if anyone else out there is, is this old hat to them, I appreciate you sharing because you've taught at least one person something. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> actually, awesome. I love me this. Me too. Yeah. Ginger, thanks for, thanks for today. Absolutely. Super fun, guys. Awesome. We'll thanks. see you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Hey, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. We just had Ginger Lumen on. We're talking project-based learning. Project-based learning. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day. Uh, project-based, problem-based, and passion-based learning. I want to make sure I get all those in there because she is right. That P can stand for a lot of things. I'm um, going to go to a quick promo real quick, and we'll be right back uh, with Edutech Guys Radio. Join EduTech Guys Live from the 30th Annual AESA Conference in New Orleans, December 2nd through the 5th. We'll be providing day-by-day -day coverage as we talk with presenters, attendees, and members of education service agencies from around the nation. Get rid of the noise and listen to the music with EduTech Guys Live, December 2nd through the 5th. Brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative, Hope Public Schools, and the Association of Education Service Agencies. All right, uh, we are going to uh, jump into our featured artist of the week, and that is Nick C. N I K S E A. He is from Pittsburgh. Happens to be my, be my cousin. Yes, that, that's true. Uh, Nick is my cousin. That's nepotism. 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 Hey, you know what? Sometimes it helps to who, who you know, right? <laughs> so there you go. Um, but uh, he uh, he's part of a, a, a group um, that he heads up. Uh, and uh, we've got a song from him. It is called Letting Go. Uh, and I want you, uh, you guys to uh, give a listen, and uh, we'll be back. Appreciate it.
your moonly face and I know it's true well like shining stars will never fade when it's me and you that life alone That you told me, but now what you meant. But I knew I loved you for quite some time. That is Nick C. and Letting Go. Um, Nick uh, informed me that uh, he is actually heading into the studio to make his first full-length album this weekend. Uh, And then in November, he and his group are booked at Harvey's Tavern in West Mifflin. That's on November 28th. Uh, In the meantime, he's also working on dates for the Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh, which he's already played once that I know of. 
Um, also, Jurgles Rhythm Grill and Stage AE next year to help promote his album. So lots of cool stuff coming up from Nick C. You can uh, Google that, N-I-K-S-E-A, and uh, check them out. Cool. Hey, one little quick shout-out here. Uh, David had a really uh, great article he found on uh, a 15-year-old high school junior from Baltimore. Um, took an old piano that was at the school, connected it to a makey-makey, and I ran the thing through a Raspberry Pi and created a jukebox that plays songs from a Spotify list. So you look at the video screen, you find your song, then you tap the corresponding key on the keyboard to select your tune. Uh, you can Google DHF jukebox piano and you'll find more information on it, videos, and uh, more about this really cool project. And I think uh, Makey Makey and Raspberry Pi. Really cool stuff out there. You can do some really cool, neat things oh, yeah. with it. I think most of the kids would really enjoy it. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, pardon me for getting away. I, I meant to uh, put her name in the in the notes, and I forgot. But that was Sierra Seabreeze is her name. Uh, she's a, again a 15 year old high school junior, um, and I, it's it's very cool uh, the the way that uh, she integrated all this stuff, and 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 actually she even. Um, expanded on the project from its original form uh i think if i remember from reading um it, it started out as just the piano keys with the the interface uh into the spotify playlist um, but then she's added all kinds of different uh sound activated leds and i mean it's a whole like light show out of this old piano and new technology very awesome. cool that's cool. See, now there's a really neat project-based learning piece. You know, just keep building on it and building on it and building on it. Well, Impressive. Yeah, well, and, and you know, it's it's funny, I guess. I don't know if funny is the right word, but um, it, it's definitely interesting that they had this old piano at the school, and that was the that was kind of their project. What do we do with this old piano? It's just sitting there, and right. they, for whatever reason, they couldn't get rid of it. I don't quite understand that either, but anyway, <laughs> they, they couldn't get rid of it. They had to figure out something to do with it. And all of a sudden, you know, this project was born. So awesome, very cool. Awesome, cool. Um, uh, since we have a little time left, I really—I don't know if you enjoyed it, but Nixie's song uh, "Let It Letting Go." Man, what a nice tune! Yeah, he's—he's he's got some chops, man. I dig the uh, groove. So, uh, what do you say? I never heard these albums, and since we have a little time, how about yeah. we listen to uh, "Just Love Me" cool. by Nick C and the Blue Tops? I, well, it's now just Nick C. Uh, okay. It was Nick C and the Blue Tops, and they've. He's he's kind of what he as, reinvented himself as bands do. <laughs> yes, and so it's Nick C. Cool, Nick C. Just love me. When your eyes the gaze upon me, and your silhouette's near. Mercy's all around me And your poetry's clear All I can ask of you Will you love me now, now, now Oh, I love you more than words can say No, I ain't throwing that away 
arms around Like whisper winds of night All I can ask of you is To hold me tight I can bathe out in your love Like the summer's warm sunlight Listening to Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. And that was Nick C. Just Love Me. Great song, great tune. He's a great artist. Uh, you should check him out on the web. Just look up N I K S E A, Nick C. You can find him on the web. Hey, I want to throw out one thing. I want to thank uh, John for listening to us from Adventures. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, John, and we're glad we're a fun listening to you. He also mentioned, don't forget, you can always hook up with Kevin Honeycutt and Ginger Lumen anytime at Podstock next summer because they yes. all visit Podstock and do all the good stuff. Yeah. Hey, you've been listening to radio.edutechguys.com. It's Educate Guys Radio. It's a fun time. You come for the tech, you stay for the talk. And Greg gives us all the smart stuff while Jeff babbles on and David points yeah. at him and laughs. As, as Greg it. comes in late. you know, i got to so, make up for it somehow. That's, <laughs> that's right. Cool. That's right. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm Greg Moore. And I'm David Henderson. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site is programmed to those of participants and not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. 
But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master's schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all but, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.